Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with the first episode of the Chick Foley Show in this year's spooky season. We're going to be previewing Extreme Rules, got a lot of figure talk for you, and let's kick it off by introducing the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? Doing good. Reunited and it feels so good. You know, it's been a, it's been a minute since we've got the gang together, so stoked to be here. Marco, what's going on up in Boston? Ah, nothing much. Just uh, setting some... Uh getting some bodies together for uh some more episodes of the open mic um some bodies together yes yeah, well hey, get, spooky season yeah spooky season what do you what do you mean don't you just ruin the whole Jeffrey flow Dahmer. of my damn <laughs> <laughs> just ruined the whole flow of my uh pitch but now i have a couple of couple of people lined up for the next few weeks um with a possible third which is going to be pretty big um it's uh yeah it's gonna be fantastic there's lots of content popping out from over here so yeah. Nice. Jordan, what's happening in the Midwest? Oh, you know, just writing some insurance, uh, pissing Sheen off every day that I'm an insurance man, just just being myself, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Sheen, before we go any further, you got to let us know everybody's new favorite segment. What is new on the farm? Really, same as last week, just kind of getting everything ready for, um, you know, the winter season, cool season, getting the garden beds ready. But most importantly, we have a chicken who wants to sit on some eggs. So we're going to let her sit on some eggs and see if we get some chicks. I've never done this before, so it'll be a first time. So I'll keep you guys posted as the uh, as the process goes along. Should take like, I think like 21 to 30 days, depending on, you know, the eggs and that sort of thing. So we got five eggs under there. So we'll keep you guys posted. We got, we got, a, whole, we got a whole faction. Got a whole Survivor Series team uh, <laughs> yeah. coming up. Yeah. Uh, remind the folks about the Pod Foundation, Sheen. All right, so we got our buddies over at the Turnbuckle Tavern bringing you all of the content you could ever need. Um, like I said, if you can dream it, they can do it. So make sure you're following Turnbuckle Tavern, uh, best AEW, post-AEW show out on the market, uh, along with all their other spinoff shows. We got the extra cooler guys over there just recapping all of the old classic matches. Bringing they got a nice trilogy going right now of uh, Ultimate Warriors kind of journey yeah. to the darkness with Jake the Snake and the Undertaker back in 91. That, that was a really fun little storyline that kind of gets lost to the sands of time. Yeah, so they're bringing you all the nostalgia goodness over there. We got Jay bone with Coming Down the Aisle, bringing you great matches, recaps of the weekly product, uh, just good, good shit all over at the Pod Foundation. So follow us at Pod Foundation to follow each individual show. Um, all good stuff. You're not going to be disappointed with anything that you hear from any of our Pod Foundation brethren. Yeah, we actually had some serious uh, Pod Foundation synergy going last night because we had Jay Bowen from Coming Down the Aisle along with me and Jordan um, joining up with Hawk from Turnbuckle Tavern on the Tavern's YouTube channel for their long balls yeah. uh, football talk show. It was pretty fun. Did you, did you enjoy that, Jordan? Yeah, man, it was great. Hawk and Jay Bone are awesome. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Do you think, you know, me and you, as much as we talk about wrestling, we probably had just as many conversations about football. Do you I think, were, were they on that. our level, man, for as far as football talk? Like, I feel, I feel like we were able to throw around, like, the X's and O's talk along with all the the history of the game, and they were right there with us. So, like, right before you came in, I said, just warning you guys now, me and Seth are just as knowledgeable about football as we are about wrestling. And Hawk was like, I don't know about <laughs> that. I think you learned quickly. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was, it was a really good time. And we found out that Hawk's actually working in Memphis for the next few months. So I think he may make a trip out here to the uh, the country about, about an hour away and uh, watch some football with me and Sheena. So that should be a pretty wild time because Hawk is definitely, uh, he's quite the character. Yeah, and we're trying to convince Jordan to make the trip uh, out to, uh, you know, Tennessee for the Rumble as well. So that was, you know, we, we need to put a little friendly peer pressure on Jordan because Jordan wanted us to go to the Rumble, but it's just not going to be feasible for us to actually go to the Rumble this year. So we're just trying to bring the Rumble to us, you know, so. To let everybody put a little pressure on Jordan to to make it to Tennessee for the for the Royal. Yeah, I think Jordan, if we housework to be done. I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to build up all of the all of the chores that we need to get done while Jordan's here. It'll be a great time. All right, we, we got could get Hawk, Sheena we got to do like problems uh, out back. Why don't you build a fucking cage over <laughs> our backyard? <laughs> we uh we could get Sheena to do like a Royal Rumble of wings, dude. She can make thirty different flavors of wings, and like every minute she brings a new little tray of two individual wings out for us to eat during the Rumble. Man, <laughs> oh, that sounds like a great time for me. I, I can't wait to enjoy the Rumble in that no, way. Or, You're sitting over a fry pan the entire frying time, two wings at a time <laughs> for an it's hour. It's gotta be sixty because you gotta do women's and men's. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Good, yeah, Shit. we'll do. We could do uh, drums for the women and then flats for the men. It'll be awesome. <laughs> wow. Remind the. Well, we could uh, do little breast bites for the women. There you go. And wow. <laughs> all right, Sheena. You're no. Away. Yeah. All right. Remind the listeners they can find you guys on social media. Sheen. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco run the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. All of our links to all of our partners and everywhere you can hear us is at Chick or no, sorry, just chickfoley.com. Chick sorry, it used to be chickfoleyshow.com. Yeah, chickfoley.com. I pulled, I pulled a fin, you know? Yeah, I'm doing it like the. I did it timely, just like my. my that was how you could tell, real quick, before we get into the in room for the week. Did you guys see Finn's promo Monday night? Yeah, I seen it. That is how you could tell that Vince McMahon is gone. Whenever Finn was like, you know, I could have ended your career last I last, your night. Ass last night. I meant last week. Wait, I'm so angry. I said last week. Or I meant <laughs> last night. Like, just was fumbling over himself and like. I feel like if Vince was still there, he probably just would have hit like no chance in hell and walked down there and fucking given Finn a power driver right out of the ring. Yeah. So yeah, some some guys do need scripts. We love Finn, but yeah, he's never been the greatest promo for I like as charismatic as he is. Yeah, I like that butt. You remember that one with uh, Seth Rollins back in like 2018? <laughs> What's next for Finn Balor? Yeah, Finn. Like he's had boat. some classics over the years. <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of unintentional comedy for uh, for Finn. We want to remind you guys to support our sponsors. Use code Chick Foley to save 10% at ringsidecollectibles.com and use code PF10 to save 10% at Chalkline, courtesy of the Pod Foundation. You guys ready to get extreme? Let's go. Let's get extreme. <laughs> what the heck? All right. We're going to run down the six matches for extreme rules for a, a B show. This card is looking pretty awesome, man. I, I really don't think there's a, a weak match on the card, but let's kick it off with Edge versus Finn Balor. Uh, I feel like Finn absolutely has to win this match or his kind of newfound momentum he's got under Triple H is going to be dead on arrival. Uh, what, what do you guys think? Has anybody got a case for Edge coming away with the victory in this one? No. Like, if Finn loses, okay, like we, might short as, and sweet. we might as well just <laughs> fold up Judgment Day. All they've done is lose since they formed that. So, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. got to win one eventually, you would think. Yeah. <sighs> It's a stipulation. What's crazy is that they've really lost since they got rid of Edge. Remember, they were winning when they had Edge. Edge beat AJ at WrestleMania, yeah. and then they won that that six man tag at Backlash, and it was the night after when when Finn joined and they kicked Edge out. And seems like they've been losing all their big matches since then. Yeah, it's it's a stipulation that's throwing me off uh, with the I quit. I, I, for some reason, I don't see Edge saying I quit. Too. It's tough to ever see a babyface lose an I quit. One thing I noticed, it seemed like on Monday night. 
Edge was really going out of his way to keep references family. Maybe, you know, Beth is there and Rhea gets, you know, starts beating Ooh, up Beth. And yeah. we have like a, you know, like a hostage type situation. situation like, a, flag yeah, yeah, like, the, yeah, like when Martha got, uh, you know, through the towel and for Brad, or I was thinking more recently, uh, you remember the Roman and Jay Uso hell in the cell. I quit match. He got oh, Jay to say Jimmy. I quit whenever he was choking out Jimmy. Yeah, so, yeah that's right. Um, yeah, I, I could see something like that. You're you're right, Marco. It's always tough to picture a babyface ever saying "I quit," and and they've gone out of their way to make it clear that you have to say "I quit." Like it's no just it's no just passing out or something. This yeah. this is Bret Hart, Bob Backlund from WrestleMania 11. So maybe it could be like some deep deep shenanigans, like The Rock, where he like plays plays it on <laughs> like a you know, it's the recording. Yeah, it's the recording. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. I don't I know. Quit. You know that one was tough to swallow back in 1999. I don't know if you get away with that one in 2022. Your monkey ass but, uh, says I quit. <laughs> <laughs> we do want to remind you guys we're all part of a uh, a cash prediction competition, the Foley Picks League, in our Facebook, uh, our Patreon exclusive Facebook group. We want to remind the the listeners that are also a part of that group. Don't try to get an edge off this. These are our kind of like kayfabe predictions. We might do something strategically different in the group. So, yeah. and if you're gonna if you're gonna try to get an edge off anybody, make sure you um, follow mine and Jordan's picks because we're the only ones who ever make it to the playoffs. Hey, I got to a good start Damn. this year. I'm in second place right now. I'm gonna try to keep it going. <laughs> but so, are we unanimous that we're all saying Finn Balor gets the dub here? Yeah, yeah. definitely. All right, let's go on to one I'm excited for, the debut of the fight pit on the main roster. We got the man, the MVP of uh, of Monday Night Raw, Seth Rollins, going up against Matt Riddle. Sheena, what's your thoughts on the first ever fight pit match on uh, on the main roster? I mean, this match definitely favors Matt Riddle being a fight, uh, fight pit it's match. basically his own gimmick match. Yeah, and we got Marco doing the, the special guest referee. Yeah, buddy. Um, yeah, Marco will be in Philly on Saturday <laughs> night, guys. So tune in for that. Yeah, stop by he and say hi this- when you see me. <laughs> yeah, make sure you stop by and say hi to Marco. <laughs> yeah, we got Daniel Cormier as the the special guest referee. You know, I for me, I, it's really always hard for me to pick against Seth, um, but I think something's going to happen. I think Matt Riddle's going to get the win here. Uh, Seth's going to get the win on Monday night. And... Uh, you know that they'll carry that'll carry him into crown jewel as a, as a champion. Yeah, I don't I don't think Matt Riddle wins clean. I see Bobby Lashley has gotten like really strongly um, jammed into this feud here in the last two weeks. You know, and I think we see some sort of interaction with either Bobby Lashley getting in there or doing something to interfere with Daniel Cormier. I think we see some sort of fuck finish and Matt Riddle gets the win. Yeah, but we'll we'll take it a step further. And yeah, I think Seth walks out as United States champ Monday night. Yeah, same. Jordan, what's your pick? Um, have we got like the official word of what this fight pit is going to look like? Because all I can picture is like the lion's den, like surrounded by snakes. Well, have you seen the? Yeah, uh, do you not remember kind of from? Yeah, they had a couple yeah, fight did. pit matches in NXT. So yeah. it is. It's it's kind of like it's a got like a half roof on it. It's set up like the octagon, right? Like it's got it's like cage walls. But then you can climb up and there's like a big platform going all the way around the ring. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a combination between like the Lion's Den match, like you talked about, and an old school scaffold match. That's uh, yeah, maybe just like Google image, like NXT fight pit. It, it's a pretty cool setup for a yeah. match, man. I ho- hopefully Absolutely. we get a, a play set sometime from Mattel. Yeah, definitely watch those two matches too that they that they had. It was a uh, riddle. What was it? I think we talked about this last time, right? It was Riddle and uh, Champa, right? It was a Champa and Thatcher. In those in that match, Thatcher was in one, Riddle was in one. Yeah. I can't I can't remember what the combos were. Matches. That was in a really weird period. But yeah, definitely yeah. during the uh, pandemic era. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. definitely I, go yeah. watch those. I, if you I don't remember these. You see the pic- yeah, I, re- I remember. The you setup. see the pictures, Jordan? Yeah, I remember the setup. Yeah, but- pretty cool setup for a match. Yeah, uh, I'll go, I'll go with Riddle as well, just like you guys. Yeah, yeah. It'd be really tough to say that. I mean, that would be a truly devastating blow for Matt Riddle if he loses this match. You know, it's kind of like Undertaker losing a casket match. Um, let's go to Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross. I, you know, I. I, I'm a big Drew fan. Obviously, he took the huge loss to Roman at Clash at the Castle. I see no way Karrion Cross loses his his you know debut pay per view match because he didn't get a pay per view match on that last run on the main roster, right? No, no, yeah. No. So he, his, he was barely a blip on that yeah. main roster. Yeah, his first pay per view. I, I feel like he runs away with it. Marco, what's your prediction for uh, Cross versus McIntyre? Yeah, if, at first I wasn't uh, like too excited about this, but. I'm I'm excited just to see uh, what the obviously the presentation uh, the the entrance of Carrying uh, Cross and Scarlet, but uh, yeah, I definitely I definitely think he's walking away with the win. Um, and it's not obviously it's not going to make you know Drew McIntyre look bad or anything like that. He's not going to be buried and all whatever's going to come out of that uh, match the next night. But yeah, I, I definitely think Carrying uh, Cross not too big on the strap match aspect of it, uh, but. I mean, I'd rather it be like a, maybe like an extreme rules match or, you know, something where there's a lot more yeah. weapons involved. I mean, they'll probably obviously bring weapons into it, but just having a strap match is eh, it's kind of for me anyway. It's not that. Yeah, I think that's kind of a way to way to protect Drew because, you know, yeah. obviously winning a strap match is not quite as definitive as uh, is going over with the one, two, three. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you think, Jordan? Any chance Drew pulls off the upset here? <laughs> no. What do you mean you guys aren't excited about a strap match? They're going to melt down. Uh, carrying cross his old entrance gear and turn it into the strap. Like, this is gonna be fucking awesome. Wait till you see that red leathery strap. Oh, take, man. That would yeah. be a nice touch, man. That would be a really nice touch That'd if they great. did that. Yeah, they're gonna show us the whole behind the scenes, like making of the strap and how they built, <laughs> broke down the gear and, and built it back up. Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Here for that. A match I'm really excited for. Yeah. The Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Bianca Belair defending in a ladder match against Bailey. I think this has got match of the night potential all the way. Yeah, for sure. This is the first time that the women's title has been defended in a ladder match yep. too, which is pretty cool. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They mentioned that on Raw. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to bet against Bianca, but man, I think Bailey's got all the momentum in her favor, and I feel like they really got to do something with Bianca. I don't feel like they're gonna, you know change her heel because obviously Bailey's such a great heel, but they got to do something with her. And I think having her chase the belt is, is the next best option to turning her heel. Yeah. She's held it since, since WrestleMania. So it's been an impressive run. And but obviously Bailey's Bailey's been one of the top performers for a long time. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Bianca somehow retain in this one. Obviously we know that, uh, you know, all the friends are going to get involved in this. I think yeah. we'll see EO sky Dakota, uh, Oscar, Alexa Bliss. I think I think everybody's going to get a chance to to get get some screen time. So there could be something crazy happen. But yeah, I think I'm going Bailey this way too. How about you, Jordan? You're the uh, the women's wrestling expert here. Yeah, um, it's pretty tough not to see Bailey coming out of this. The champ. I mean, yeah, Bianca's had a good run, but dude, Bailey has so much momentum with her new faction and stuff. And I just feel like they needed to cement this beginning run of. Um, basically the second part of her career with a title win. So yeah, I'm going to go Bailey as well. Yeah. Okay. Marco. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's hard. It's hard to bet against Bailey, but I could, I could see Bianca walking out, uh, retaining and then, uh, maybe having a rematch at, um, at like survivor series or something like that, or, 
uh, at a bigger show have have Bailey. The but, Saudi shows next Crown Jewel, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll go with Bianca just just because I think she's yeah. It's not a sure thing either yeah. way. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be shocked to see Bianca win, especially considering that we're going to get some considerable uh, outside interference in this one. Yeah, we'll stick with the ladies. The Raw Women's Championship, the only Extreme Rules match on the show. Mm. Ronda versus Liv. It's crazy you see a champion being this big of an underdog, but she's definitely got all the momentum going against her. Jordan, how do you see this one playing out? So I, I want to start this by saying I, I apologize to Ronda Rousey. I thought she was done after WrestleMania. And honestly, yeah, I feel like she's this is like, even though she hasn't had the belt, I feel like this has been one of the better runs for her. She seems like she's has in, been a good run. Yeah. yeah, It seems like she's into it again. Like leading up to WrestleMania, it just didn't seem like she her heart was into it or anything. And maybe that was just shaking off the rust and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I see no way that Liv leaves the the pay-per-view as champion. I mean, Ronda's got to win this. Yeah. I feel the same way, dude. I really feel like WWE's got to go back to the drawing board with what they're doing with the money in the bank, man. When baby faces win it, I just think, I, I don't think a baby face can do a surprise cash in, you know, mm-hmm. we saw it with Biggie last year. It seemed like his title run never got off the ground because, you know, Bobby Lashley just had a badass defense against Randy Orton and, has like an injured knee when he cashes in. Same thing with Liv this year. She cashes in on a weekend Ronda Rousey, and I think it just makes them seem heelish from the jump. And it's hard, you know, as great as that initial moment is when they win the belt, by the time, you know, that euphoria wipes off 24 hours later when Raw kicks off, it seems like all that goodwill is gone and people start to look at what they really did. So hopefully, uh, you know, with Triple H in charge, we I think Money in the Bank should really be typically the heels winning that thing. That's like the heels Royal Rumble, you know? And um, and when a baby face wins it, just do the noble thing, man. Like, uh, call your shot. Say you want your title shot at the next pay per view, something like that. Because this is two, twice in the last year. Because Liv was awesome. Remember that pop when Liv won Money in the Bank? Like yeah, that was, it was insane. Yeah, as Michael Cole would say, that was a moment. Um, and I just felt like this this has completely killed all the all the kind of grassroots momentum that she'd built up over the last couple of years with her improvement. I mean, Jordan, what what do you think, man? Yeah, it just I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's weird because like like you said, these these people win the money in the bank and it, it just doesn't feel like it just doesn't feel right. Like like you said, Biggie winning it, it, it never felt like he had like a strong grasp on the title. And I felt the same way about Liv. Like, dude, she could have lost at any moment. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. The the heels winning it, it just seems more of a, a heelish move to cash in after a match. Like a baby face cashing in after a match only does so much. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It just it's so weird the way the money in the bank is now. I feel yeah. like there's got to be a way. Dean. It did, it did but work. I just, it worked for Dean because Dean was kind of Dean was always a rogue. Dean was never like a super baby heroic baby yeah. face, and yeah. he said before he was going to do it. He he called his shot like that made it kind of epic because bef- you know the Monday Night Raw before he said I'm going to win Money in the Bank and I'm going to cash in on whoever wins. And he owed Seth Rollins one too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah so that sure. one, I'm, but I'm not saying it's impossible to pull it off, but I don't know. I, I really hope that somewhere someone on WWE is listening. They can take our idea to alternate, only do one briefcase a year and just alternate like one year. It's for the ladies. One year. It's for the men. I, I think that would Two be a lot better. Is too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does anybody see live escaping extreme rules with the championship? No, especially considering crown jewels next. Like they're going to want Rhonda. At Crown Jewel. True. Yeah. I only see, I see one card that they could play to get Liv out of here with the win. It would be pretty, it would be pretty freaking cool. 
somebody we haven't seen in a long time, Charlotte Flair, comes walking through that curtain to come back and, uh, you know, take out Ronda. Because we haven't seen Charlotte since she lost that I quit match against Ronda, right? Yeah, and she, and she is a... Uh, I was, I, there was like a Twitter post with like uh, Bianca Belair, Charlotte, and I think Liv doing some like thing like soon. So like a signing or something like that. So I, I would assume she's probably going to pop up at some point. Shayna might interfere. Maybe Shayna, you know. Shayna could get involved. Yeah. yeah. It definitely, I don't see Liv winning clean. We need like a heel turn for Liv and just take this title run on a totally different, totally different direction. Uh, speaking of things going in a different direction, um, the white rabbit, you know, last time we were on here, we were all singing the praises of, uh, of how they're doing this. I don't know. To me, man, it's losing a little bit of steam. I, I'm feeling strong. Guys, I'm feeling strong. You drink your Ovaltine vibes for anybody that's a fan of the Christmas story. Yes. Cause they've all just been, all the clues just been pointing to the next show. Uh, let's do a quick temperature check. Like Jordan, where are you at with the white rabbit, uh, viral campaign right now? Dude. So we, we recorded that last episode and we talked about, Oh man, if Vince was in charge, it'd be flooded with merch. A week later, there was merch out for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I, I, I really feel like, I mean, I'm not like a, I don't watch all three hours of raw. I kind of fast forward through it. Same thing with SmackDown, unless there's something really good on As any adult with a life would do. Yeah. So let's be, let's be real. I, I don't know, man. It, it just has lost so much since the last time that we talked. It, I feel like they're going to have to pull the it trigger. Lost so much the first time, you know, they had those huge Papa ratings on SmackDown. And then the fault, like they pointed to the following raw, the following raw did not do the numbers that they thought it was going to do. Yeah. So I, it, I like after everybody, like the attention span of the modern human is like microscopic. Right. Exactly. So they're, they're like two weeks max is like where you're going to like be like, okay, this is the, this is the, you know, fever pitch right here. It's the breadcrumbs got to lead somewhere. It's just been yeah. these obscure clues, which are cool, right? Whoever's putting this stuff together, it is still really, really cool. Like the different little nuggets, but it's not really leading us anywhere. True. I feel and like they should serious, be. There's some serious investigators out there. Oh, They're yeah. like doing some like deep dive digging. And that's been, to me, that's been the most fun thing to follow is like all of the marks, like going down, going down the rabbit so hole. So I'm, I'm deep on squared circle on Reddit and I'm convinced that there is someone at WWE. It may, it may be multiple people, but I'm assuming it's one person that is making burner accounts and kind of feeding the little breadcrumb, the breadcrumb, excuse me, because every Monday night, shortly after the QR code comes on, there will be an account that pops up that has almost no history. And it kind of gives like a little explanation of all the little clues and stuff. And then it just disappears and ends up getting deleted a couple hours later. So I think, I think they're definitely trying to steer this thing on social media. Um, But yeah, I feel like it hasn't really been going anywhere. And the thing about these things are like, we like to be surprised, but you, you like it to be a surprise where you kind of like expect it and stuff, you know, like build up the anticipation yeah. to where you just kind of, you have that explosion uh, once you, once the reveal is. And I feel like this one's kind of been meandering a little bit at this point, but yeah. it could still be redeemed. I'm going to ask you guys, Marco, we'll let you go first, man. Are we going to see the white rabbit on Sunday at, ext- or excuse me, on Saturday at extreme rules? Um, uh, I would say yes. Cause there's some, there's some things on raw that, uh, pointed to the, there, there was a, if you watch not the whole, whole three hours, but there were certain points, um, on the show specifically during the Seth Rollins riddle promo where they displayed some, some fiend type of things in the, in the crowd. And they were, you know, the cameras panning to certain things and stuff like that. So, um, the rumor is, uh, if he does show up, the White Rabbit, it's going to be during the fight pit. 
Um, that's hmm. that's what I'm reading anyway. Is you know a lot of people think that if a reveal is going to happen, it's going to have to do with with Seth Rollins. Um, maybe, maybe because it's Halloween and Crown, Jew- and Crown Jewels coming up, so uh, yeah. that would uh, make sense. You know, yeah. <laughs> He's uh, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins have a history in Saudi. Yeah, so. Seth did talk extensively about Bray Wyatt on that uh, interview you did with Ariel. Oh, Hawaii. that's so, true. Yeah, he definitely did. Been playing a little did. seed. Um, yeah, and, and one of the clues from Monday it gave out if you if you decoded it all the way it uh, gave out Seth Rollins' address. No, it gave the uh, <laughs> it gave the lat long for the Wells Fargo Center there in Philly. So yeah. Uh, maybe you know, maybe the could, reveal could happen. I'm surprised we haven't seen anything more overt on TV. I thought they would it's, hit us with like the White Rabbit song at least once, but maybe they're saving that for Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like they don't have to reveal who it is, but we have to see him. We have to see what it is and who. Like, we have to see some sort of physical form of this person. Yeah, like I, I feel like just another clue is going to make people turn on this whole thing. Like, exactly. Maybe you could just do the song on the actual broadcast. You know? No, so I'm not show him. I, I'm, I'm, no. I mean, that would be a step up from where we had so far because I mean, this has never been. Again, this still hasn't been like overtly acknowledged on, on TV and kayfabe. This isn't even a thing right now. Still, I think uh, if they don't pull the trigger and at least show us something substantial on Saturday, I think it's going to sour a lot of people. You know, the wrestling fans are fickle and yep, they're, they're they're ready to turn on this thing. You know All what right. I mean? Jordan, it's your guy. I mean, it's, unless we really get a swerve and this does turn out to be Bray. What do you think, man? Is Bray is Bray going to be in the house Saturday night? You guys are like setting yourself up to be disappointed. (laughs) Like, dude, here's what you guys should expect. Sunday, there's like they bring out like a platform, and then a white rabbit comes out the top of it, and a bunch of smoke rolls, and then it goes dark in the arena. Like, dude, you guys are setting yourself up for failure. I really do not see. I don't know, man. I feel like they're just going to drag this out longer. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't up. think we get a full reveal, man. I, I got a half answer. I could I could see, like I said, I think we get at least his presence is felt, man, on, on the actual broadcast. Yes. Like the music is on, you know, the music's on the show. Like Sheena said, maybe we see a silhouette. I don't think we get a straight up reveal that it's Bray, you know. <sighs> yeah, the I don't, ring's I don't, on fire all of a sudden. His presence has been felt. <laughs> like, yeah, Jesus, dude, this is going to be a, not I good. mean, they, they have to do something because you can't, I don't think you can drag this on, like you guys said, a lot longer like you can't because uh, we on the raw yeah. down we're thinking maybe a month you could do this but i don't even just the way it is now i don't even think you can go a month i think you have what, to like, what's kinda, it been? it's already been like three weeks yeah right? it's been about a month yeah i think the problem was that they shouldn't have given us something every single week man we should have exactly. got something and then let it like like we talked about last time let it go like a month and then get another little another little clue i think it really would have had people in a frenzy exactly because i'm here for a slow burn <clears throat> yeah but I think when you're when you're feeding people when you're feeding us something every week like it's just going to build that hunger where we're just like okay well what's coming next week you know you feed us every week it builds the hunger yeah I mean you know we're eating what's the appetite we're eating uh, ultra processed food so it just continues to build (laughs) wow they're gonna WCW the shit out of this and do blood runs cold for eight months (laughs) yeah I. I don't know, man. It's Triple H. I got faith, dude. So far, he's really done no wrong, man. Um, we'll see. It would be it would be great to see Bray back. We're really missing him. What do you guys think the actual live audience response is going to be? Is he going to get a big pop? Is he going to get booed? What do you think happens if Bray shows up? I mean, the roof's going to blow off the place. Well, yeah, of people course. want Bray back. People yeah. didn't. People never wanted Bray to leave. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, it's not even a question to me that it's going to be an insane pop. 
All right. One group of people that we know are not going to be there, Roman and the Bloodline. They have been the best story in wrestling since since at least WrestleMania, possibly longer than that. And the Usos and Roman are off this show. Do you guys think that they will be missed on Saturday? Um, no. I mean, yeah, they'll, I think they'll be missed, but I think it's a good thing, too. I think um, it's good to miss people sometimes. I think um, having that space and not having them on every pay-per-view, because, I mean, Roman's going to be the main attraction on any pay-per-view he's on. So I think giving other people the chance to get that spotlight and have that moment um, without having to acknowledge the tribal chief, I think is a, is a good thing for everybody. Marco, you said, uh, no, you don't think they're going to be missed. No, I mean, just, just the way the card set up, it doesn't, it doesn't have that for me anyway. It doesn't have that. Like, like it, it doesn't seem like they need the bloodline present on, on this particular card. Um, yeah, it has I enough matches where the, the storylines are f- like few and far away from the bloodline storyline. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, obviously they'll be, I mean, you could say they're missed cause you know, obviously you want to see them perform, but I don't think it's like a, I don't think you're going to be like, no, everyone's going to like turn off their, you know, they're going to cancel their Peacock subscriptions because <laughs> Roman yeah, Reigns I mean, doesn't if you're, if hashtag cancel WWE. Yeah, yeah. If, you live in, if you live in Philly and WWE's coming to your town and you're a huge Roman fan, yeah, you're going to be pissed. But I mean, yeah, as, on the whole, I think, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I don't think we need to, to see Roman. I would have liked to see in a little bit of bloodline presence, whether it's a Usos match or, I mean, the best thing they could do right now is just give Sammy a uh, a solo showcase. You know what I mean? Like figure out somebody he can go up against just so we could see Jay Uso just stewing in the corner. I feel like Jay just hating on any sort of success or happiness Sammy has is like the best thing going in wrestling right now. Yeah, I love I love Sammy with the bloodline. It's going to be a sad day whenever uh, their festival of friendship is over. Uh, what, what do you think their fig god is? Uh, is Extreme Rules incomplete without Roman? Uh, it's a gimmick pay-per-view, so I mean, there's so much shit going on at this pay-per-view. Like, I don't really think that yeah. he's needed to wrestle just because, I mean, every match has a stipulation. Like, this is just a straight-up gimmick pay-per-view. The champ is not needed on this one. I mean, he was obviously not going to wrestle in a gimmick match, so no. I-, I think I'm good with this one being the way it is. You guys aren't... Uh aren't reminiscing fondly about last year's extreme rules when we saw Finn had the, uh, the famous musical revival uh. against, uh, Roman. No, we're uh, not. That's still never been explained in kayfabe how he did all that and then just tripped off the, uh, the top turnbuckle and, oh, yeah. and somehow, uh, you know, I think they need to retcon that storyline and go back and reveal that Sami Zayn was like a ring technician for that match. How great would that be? That'd be cool. That would be awesome. Because we never really got any explanation why, despite all these big guys, you know, slamming in the ropes all night, Finn's, you they know. loosened it up, dude. I guess so. I don't it's know, It's like man. when you try to do the pickle jar and you're like, oh, <laughs> you finally hand it off to somebody else. You're like, I loosened it up for you. Yeah. All those, you know, meaty men hitting the ropes all night just kind of knocked the turnbuckles loose. You know? I remember that was like, that was probably the single moment that I felt like Roman was really going to lose the belt out of all. It's between that yeah. and the Drew McIntyre near fall clash. Um, whenever, cause that was as corny and as stupid as it was, man, I, I was marking out at that moment, man, when Finn hit the comeback, started hitting the drop kicks and stuff. And I thought we were about to actually see a title change, at least for like one night or something. Uh, what would you guys think, man? We'll do we'll do a quick retrospective review of uh, Extreme Rules 2021. What how has the uh, Finn's musical revival aged for you, Jordan? Not well. I mean, there's no real, there's no real. Um, I hope we never see it again. Let's just put it that way. That was literally one of the dumbest <laughs> yeah. things I've ever seen in my life. 
like watching Finn. that was the last time we saw the demon yeah, yeah for good reason watching him flop around like a fish on the floor because he heard his music is uh really something it was like when vampiro said uh he's they gotta hit my music even though he's <laughs> standing right music. next to hit the my, ring hit my hit my music. fucking music right. and, oh, is it, his co-announcer was like you know he needs vampiro, his... the fans need to hear his music to signify <laughs> that it's time to fight <laughs> and two minutes Trying before to that he him. ripped off a fart right when he was standing up and you could hear it on the yeah. live mic. <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny, but I don't know, man. In that moment, I thought it, I thought it was pretty cool just seeing Finn do his thing. That's the last time we've seen the demon, right? We haven't seen the demon back since then. No, nope. no. All right, one quick uh, last speed round question before we move on from extreme rules. What do you guys think closes the show? Sheena, we'll let you go first. Oh man, what closes the show? Sorry, I'm hitting the mic. Um, I don't know. Probably the fight pit, you think? No? Possibly. I doubt it. I don't know. That seems like a weird setup because yeah. the crowd's going to have a hard time viewing that one. I think they might have to bust out the uh, the substitute teacher VCR and TV <laughs> things like they did. You guys remember that from the Boiler Room Brawl oh, at uh, SummerSlam 96? Yeah, the projector out. <laughs> Yeah, so I can't see him doing the, the something like that for the main event, but it's a bold choice. If if that's the main event, then I'm really going to be leaning into uh, Marco calling it on, on Bray Wyatt showing up during that match, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, what do you think? <laughs> I think the women's ladder match closes the show. I just... I feel like this is the pay-per-view to let the women close the show. That's not me being sexist. I'm just saying the way the card lines up. Um, Bianca and Bailey would be a perfect match to close the night. Sorry, she... <laughs> she just got me laughing over here. I'm sorry, guys. We got over she gonna tell him, tell him why you're laughing so I mean, hard. I look over and um, <laughs> sit here talking about the what's gonna close the show, and Seth's freaking knuckle deep up in his crusty crab shorts, <laughs> scratching his balls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just sitting here talking to you guys with a straight face. Meanwhile, he's got a handful of nutsack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that's, only, that's the only way you should be talking to us with a handful of nutsack, all right? No. <laughs> off a handful of nutsack. <laughs> the way God oh. intended. Exactly. Uh, this is why we don't do video. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, let's rewind. Jordan, what did you say you think the main event's going to be? All right, stop laughing. Uh, uh, Bailey and Bianca in the ladder match, I think, is going to main event the show. Agreed. I think that's going to be match of the night, and uh, might as well let it go on last. What do you think, Marco? Oh, man, I can't I can't stop laughing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm definitely going with uh, Bailey and Bianca to close out the show. That That's – if you have to pick a marquee match for that, that – uh, Premium live event, it's that one. All right, so we're all going with the ladder match, and Sheena somehow thinks the uh, fight pit is going to close the show. I don't know. Strong no. contender coming in late is the handful of nutsack match. Exactly. <laughs> I was in the fight pit. He was in the fight yes. pit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. He was all the way inside the crusty crab. <laughs> all right. Let's have it. <laughs> All right, it's time for the weekly beverage break where we talk about what we're sipping on. Jesus. 
<laughs> you can get it started. What are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking iced coffee. You guys know it is past oh, my bedtime God. these days. <laughs> I have a nice Blame. yeah. I have a nice iced coffee with some raw cream in here. A little <laughs> a little syrup. bit of raw cream <laughs> from Seth. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, none of that. None some of that. from Monday cheese. A piece of garlic bread on the side. <laughs> <laughs> a little garnish. Yeah, it, it did taste a little salty. I was, you know, a little bit concerned, oh, but yeah. God. It's uh, it's nice. I bet it is. <laughs> I'm going with uh, the old favorite Miller Lite out, out of the uh, out of the coddle this week. Out of the 16 ounce coddle. What what are you guys thoughts on on the aluminum bottles? Are you guys pro or, or against? Because I used to really not like these things, but I don't know. Over the last year, I've kind of softened on my stance on the uh, the aluminum bottles. Big fan, big fan of the Miller Lite aluminum bottles. Sheena looks like she got a joke she wanted to say. No, I don't. I was. I, I like. I like the aluminum bottles too. <laughs> I'm just glad you haven't hardened on your stance. <laughs> Marco, what are you? Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on the coddles? <laughs> uh, yeah, not cuddles, coddles. Not, not cuddles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the shit's off the rails. Oh my god, it's bad. Um, yeah, no, it's I'm, extreme I'm, rules. Yeah, it's extreme rules. <laughs> no, I'm no good rules. With the, uh, no, no, no do-overs, no re-records. No, rules. no, we, no yeah, prisoners. We don't edit. Never let it be said that we are not fucking live to tape on this show. Dude. Whatever <laughs> right. happens, happens. Yeah, we are We are one-take wonders. Yeah, so. we oh, press my, through. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but uh, no, the uh, aluminum bottles are fine. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of them, but I mean, if they're offered, I'll, I'll take them. All right, what are you drinking tonight, Marco? I am sipping on a old favorite, the Broken Skull IPA. What? It's been a long um, time since I had one of those. Yeah. yeah. Can't find them around here. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, they're very, they're very rare around here. I, I found a case um, just happened to, I was picking up some uh, some wine for the uh, for the missus and uh, took, a stro- took a stroll down the uh, the aisle just to see if they had any. And there was uh, they had a ton of American lagers um, and only like two of the broken scale IPA, so I grab one of those. You think that you think the lager's doing as good as the uh, IPA? Can't, as there's as no like, way, dude. I mean, if it is, I, I I mean, the lager was decent, but I feel like that was just. I feel like the only way it's really gonna blow up big is off the Steve Austin name. The Broken Skull IPA is a great yeah. IPA. Yeah. Like even people who aren't wrestling fans, or whatever, that are just like beer snobs. Like my my friend Jesse out in Hawaii. He's a hardcore beer snob, and he gave the Broken Skull IPA like two thumbs up. It's just a great classic yeah, West Coast IPA. Yeah, I never really liked IPAs until we started drinking them. Yeah, Broken that, Skull. that was not that, that was kind of like my gateway into into IPAs. The the lager, it was a good beer, but I saw no reason to be paying four bucks a can for that because it's it was no different to me than like a Bud Light or a Bush Light. Yeah. Jordan, what was your take on the uh, the Broken Skull Lager? I, I liked it. I still have some in my fridge in the garage. I have that and Broken Skull IPA. So I like both of them. But yeah, the IPA is definitely better. Yeah. What are you drinking tonight, man? I don't know. I'm going to save the show, though. And I'm going to read you guys the format uh, title. It is Extreme Rules Preview, Unrivaled 11 Review, and Spooky Season is here. What the fuck are oh, you guys baby. doing? I am drinking. You're right. I should have put some pumpkin spice what in my What are we coffee? doing? Do we even run a fucking professional show here? No. I am drinking. I know. Is uh, October? Is it even October? Jesus, Sheena, you've lost your touch. I know. I've lost my touch. What's happening to me? I'm drinking a uh, pumpkin ale by Whole Hog Brewery out of Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and it is delicious. 
Nice. Yeah, we gotta get some fall beers in here. They hadn't. They had them last time I went to our craft beer store, which you know is like damn near an hour away. And I just thought eh, it's too early. Need to wait a couple more weeks. So next next round we go. No, a little bro. Bunch next time you go stuff. back, they're gonna have all the fucking Christmas beers, dude. You already know. <laughs> I like. I, yeah. I take a Christmas beer over a, a fall beer any day. It depends. It it, well, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about um, fall beers here in a little while. But uh, yeah. okay. All right. Let's hear from the two bad chads at Turnbuckle Tavern, and then we'll get into some figure talk. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things Indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern, available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. All right, it's time for the weekly figure four brought to you by Ringside Collectibles. Reminder, use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all of your figure purchases. And we're going to kick it off with a little bit of a figure review. We got Unrivaled 11 in from Ringside last week, and we are going to be running down those figures. Uh, Jordan, Marco, have you guys got anything from this set yet? No. No, nothing yet. All right, well, Sheena's going to, I'll kind of tee him up and Sheena can give her thoughts on him. You guys feel free to chime in if you've, uh, from what you've seen online. We'll start off with a bonus figure. Another thing that came in last week, surprisingly, this was like the first figure pre-order that's like shown up, like at the same time it was hitting shelves in, I feel like damn near a year, man. I feel like lately Walmart and Target both been like slipping and if you pre-order something online, you're going to get it like six weeks after it shows up in stores. But we got the Target exclusive Sammy Guevara. Yeah. So first I'll say, obviously you guys know that we are loose collectors, so packaging really doesn't affect our display, but I think it was such a cool touch that they, for the Target exclusives where it's foiled, um, they did a red foil instead of like their their standard gold foil or the silver for the uh, unmatched. Yeah. Is it silver or blue on the unmatched? The unmatched is silver the unrivaled is gold okay i thought i couldn't remember if it was silver or blue anyway um the figure i hate this sammy um head sculpt i've mentioned that a few times um not my favorite head sculpt of sammy's i do love the red gear though with the spider webs and the spiders even coming from someone with extreme arachnophobia uh i still <laughs> think this gear is is awesome well, the cool so, thing is remember the chick quickie we taped last week we taught we had the new sammy guevara in the the prison gear yeah. and he comes with those two head sculpts yeah, they're so really good probably gonna sculpts. pop pop one off and uh, replace it. We'll let Andrade knock his block off, killer clown style. Yeah, uh, knock his block and throw it off. On. Yeah, so good figure. Like it. What you guys want to weigh in real quick? What do you guys think? I mean, obviously, we got to mention it's the biggest drama blown up tonight. What do you guys think of the uh, Sammy G Andrade drama backstage at AEW? You think that's a shoot? I think it's a work. I There's think this no- is a hundred percent. I think it is a hundred percent shoot, and the they already changed the match for Rampage on Friday. Andrade was supposed to be in the main event on yeah, Rampage. They pulled him, and uh, Tony already took him off that. I think the only reason they didn't take Sammy out is because he was already promoted for the main event tonight, and AEW's already been such a shit show the last six weeks or so. And and Tony K was like, All right, we got to at least put the main event in the in the ring dude, tonight. Yeah, Tony's got to shut this shit down, dude. They got to. I, I think mean, they just don't respect him, dude. I mean, the whole. Why would you? The whole company was founded on like we're gonna let wrestlers do what they want, 
And like, you know, Jericho and, and Mox, like their leadership can only go so far, man, if nobody respects the guy that's writing the checks. Yeah. And you got the owner out there, like, you know, hugging people and, you know, like the weird, the weird funky hugs and like bowing down and like giving shit bows to everybody. And, you know, like, I just think it's just, yeah, they don't, they definitely don't respect him, dude. And I know you got some thoughts, Jordan. What, what's your take, Uh-oh. man? Dude, I he was texting me. I didn't even know what had happened yet. And he's texting me as I'm like putting the kids down. Like AEW is a shit show. I'm like, it All is. Right, let's hear it. So like, I am probably the biggest AEW defender on this show. And I, when I say probably, are. I definitely am. Dude, this company is going to shit real fast. Like, so Sammy's had two incidents backstage now. One with uh, Eddie Kingston, and now one with Andrade. Which I don't know if Andrade already had some like ill will towards AEW because he's wanted out for a while. Whatever the case, Sammy's been in Yeah, two- probably just a little pent-up um, aggression, you know? I mean, either way, Sammy's been in two backstage incidents already, and I don't know, man. I just, I really feel like AEW's headed down a bad path right now. Um, Tony Khan does not have any control of the roster. It's, it's getting fucking bad. I mean, I still enjoy watching it, don't get me wrong, but... Seth said yeah. three years before it sells. I don't even think it makes it three years if if they keep going on this path. They have to have someone else that like reigns Tony in and like tells him, "Hey, dude, this is not good. Like th- this cannot keep happening." Where it seems like the wrestlers are running the entire show because yeah, you, yeah, you just can't hey, be friends with the talent. Dude. There's a there's a guy out there right now. He's a free agent. Wow, he's got a lot of time on his hands. Wow. <laughs> bring it, bring in Vinny Mac, dude. Oh boy! What, what could go wrong? Bring it. Let's go full circle. Bring Vinny Mac Jeez. in to help Tony Khan run AEW. What what a what yes. a dynamic that would be, uh, Marco. I don't want to get you any heat with the two bad chads, but how long is it before the Raw down becomes the A show over on the Turnbuckle I mean, Tavern feed? I mean, apparently you haven't been. I mean, you haven't listened. If you listen to Raw down, I take shots at AEW all the time. I'm not sure if they. <laughs> it's it's uh. But yeah, I mean, we we kind of we kind of joked about that too about uh the Raw down becoming the A show and it's. I don't know, man. I I was actually thinking about this earlier when I was watching Dynamite. It kind of like I used to look forward to watching Dynamite every every Wednesday in the like the the past few years anyway, or maybe the first year we'll say, even during the pandemic stuff. And now it, it used just to be seems must like watch, man. It used to those be. shows. The Daily's Place era was great for AEW. Yeah, and, it, and it, I'm not sure if this was a, a shoot or a work tonight, but uh, the confrontation between did you get to see the confrontation between Mox and and Hangman? Oh, that was cool. Um, I did. I did. did that you, was pretty decent. Well, that they, was that was kind of like the one like glimmer of hope I saw well, tonight. Well, they, they kind of blocked something out. They kind of, uh, Moxley said something. They kind of, like, they shut it, not shut his mic off, but they like kind of distorted it. And then he said. Uh, well, so supposedly Warner Brothers has requested that they clean up the language a little okay. bit. Okay. Because he did it's say. Finally yeah, on, yeah, so it, it, it had never been on a delay and now it's on a delay. It's yeah. on like a 15 second delay finally. And he did. Yeah. Kinda- that, that's straight from Warner Brothers, which I mean, that's smart for AEW. Dude. Yeah. Like, obviously, that's that's their boss now and they're in negotiations for a new TV deal. So he, well, I'm, I'm not going to hate on him too much for that. But that definitely took away some of the edge and something that made him different from WWE. That little bit of. Uh, Kind of just, just like, well, yeah, well, yeah, a little bit of spice. I mean, it wasn't even that. It was, uh, he referenced something, um, about obviously about punk and that, what happened between punk and hangman and that, and that promo. And he said, he basically said something like, watch him out. Don't even like, basically, like, don't say, don't come out here and like kind of, you know, shoot from the hip, basically to me, like, kind of watch him out type of thing. Like, I don't know. It's, it was kind of, it was like, kind of like a weird off comment. It didn't seem like it was, 
a part of that that whole promo. It seemed like basically like, hey, we're doing this. You know, we have this program going. Don't you know? Don't run your mouth. Basically, don't fuck this up <laughs> like you did with Punk. That's if, what it's not. If kind Mox of starts getting involved in all the the backstage drama, I feel like that's going to be like the death blow for AEW. Well, He's like, like somehow so, the voice dude. of reason. Well, no, I mean, that's what I mean. That's Mox what, is. That's what I think yeah, he's saying. He's I don't, like, Mox to me doesn't even seem like the type of guy that gives backstage drama. Like, yeah, he just it. loves wrestling. He loves wrestling. I feel like he does his wrestling thing out there, yeah. and he goes home and he like you know does the Family Guy thing, and then he comes back and he does wrestling again. Like, like I, to me, Mox could give two shits about what's going on with the other guys. No, no, know? I know that. I'm, I'm saying like you know that it, it, it seemed like from what I from what I gather is Hangman kind of ruined. No, I don't want to say he ruined an opportunity, but. That that program between him and Punk was supposed to be something like you know like epic, something big for AEW, and then him you know coming out and you know kind of like shooting from the hip uh, at that promo that kind of messed up the whole that whole like storyline. Essentially, I don't know. I'm not going to blame Hangman for that. I'm going to blame Punk for that. I mean, let's just let's just call a spade a spade. Punk's the one who who fucked that up for everybody. So. You know, if he if he could have just had a, an ounce of maturity and an ounce of you know self awareness, none of that would have happened, dude. Okay. A restraint, not even self awareness, just an ounce of restraint. Yeah, huh. AW's a mess. It's it's a bummer because I loved it so much, man. Since uh, since they started up, so hopefully I'm still rooting for them to get together because there's still a lot of good stuff happening there. But like the back, it, like in a little bit of backstage drama isn't a bad thing. Right. But it's, it's like, you know, just cause a little bit is good. That doesn't mean a lot of it is great. It's kind of just starts to overshadow what's happening in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get back to the figures though. What do we got next on the stack there, Sheen? We have Darby Allen, um, from revolution when he was with sting, he's got the half sting face paint, half Darby Allen face paint looks amazing. I love these Darby Allen pants that he's got on. Like, these I, I would wear these pants. They're like you know olive green cargo pants. Got the black underneath. Um, yeah, it comes with a baseball bat, bottle, extra hands. This is a great looking figure. The fig. It's not my favorite Darby figure. No, it's not um, my favorite. But he, Darby. he's got a lot of cool figures so far. That's not saying it's not a great figure, but. They did do something different with the face printing. It's got like a true FX type of paint uh, like paint job on the face, which which is, looks really yeah, good. Yeah, you can like so. see like it almost looks like you can see like brush strokes or like you know where yeah. they're like actually painting. I mean, and it's cool because taking... we have the set because uh, the luminaries, the Sting luminaries, has the same like face paint. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the yeah, very cool half figure. And half. We need that. We need that old school Tacoma, like the same style of mind that Sting was driving in that little video to to set up that match. Yeah, now. that needs to be the next vehicle. Also. Where are our vehicles, dude? Jeremy told us what what we were getting. We were supposed to be getting well a van. Um, I think we were supposed to get FTR's truck and something else this year. Yeah. It's October and we haven't seen anything. Are you are you um, still thinking that like when Jeremy says something, it actually like is going to come to fruition? <laughs> That's a good point. What do, what do you guys think, Jordan? Are we ever going to see that van that Jeremy promised us? No, no. not happening. Marco, no, definitely not. That, if it it would have happened already, if that was the case. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Kind of along with the AEW product, it seems like the Jazzwares figure line is losing momentum too. Remember when these used to all like sell out immediately on ringside and like mm-hmm. you couldn't hardly find them on the pegs anywhere? Yep. Yeah. All right, who we got next, Sheen? We got Kip Sabian, first time in line. Um, he has a molded jacket with one sleeve. Got a lot of um, words on. Oh, no, just a super <laughs> bad, super bad Kip Sabian, duh. <laughs> yeah. words, 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 words. Yeah. Um, Comes with all the extra hands and long boots. Just 
I don't know. I mean, Kip Sabian does nothing for me. I'm really trying to build this figure up. But it's, it's cool because just... it's the first time in the line, but yeah, like how excited are you really getting for a Kip Sabian? Yeah, I don't think, like this figure does not jump off the shelf to me at I all. I do still have the old uh, dashing Cody Rhodes Elite that came with the brown paper bag you could put over his head, so I might throw that on with this Kip to uh, work with that gimmick he was working with, with Pac the last, uh, the last couple months. That'd be cool. Yeah. Why does he need uh, right along the lines? Why does he need all what, those extra hands though? Like, how many hand jobs can you give yourself? I was gonna make I don't, that too. I don't know, man. For every you know, the young bucks are like you know, probably next to like Kenny Omega and Mox is like the most important X in AEW, and all they ever get is like the C grip hands, they can't even do their like signature pose. But somehow, Kip freaking Sabian's got you know, ultimate edition accessories yeah. with him. Six hands. I mean, he, he doesn't really have any other gimmicks. You know what I mean? Like, what else would you put with him other than hands? You know yeah, I mean? I mean, I could see that. This is probably is, no I, I'm assuming this is probably going to be the only Kip Sabian figure we ever got. But still, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. It's a very good question, Jordan. Next up, we have Penelope Ford. She's got this, like, purplish pink gear. I like the little detailing on the leg where she's got the garter. Um she looks great. I mean, same I, thing with Kip though. Like yeah. how excited are you again for Penelope Ford? Yeah. We haven't even seen her like in a long, long time. I mean, she was, she was pretty prominent on I'm, there when I'm AEW really, she was, really, she was on AEW tonight. Just so we're clear. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's a crying shame that we never got a Joey Janela in this line, man. I, I think Joey Janela is probably the biggest miss figure uh, of the AEW figure line so far. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That one Mark was a big miss. Mark, yeah, good point, Sheen. Marco, yeah, I'd probably take a Marco stunt first. That's a very good, yeah, I'd probably go Marco stunt number one, Joy Janela, close number two. Next up, we have uh, Chris Jericho in the jumpsuit from, um, it's not from Dynamite, but from the- It was from uh, Blood and Guts. It was, it was Dynamite, Blood oh, yeah, and Guts. Dynamite, Blood and Guts. Um, cool, so now all we need is Santana and Ortiz yeah, to complete this. Yeah, we got uh, Sammy and we got uh, we got Jake Hager already. So. Yeah, so just a unique a unique Jericho. Obviously, I don't think it's going to be anybody. Like, if you're only going to have one Jericho in your collection, I don't think it's going to be this one. Um, this it's one not only really works. A signature if, look. Yeah, you have to have the rest of. Yeah, the you got to have the whole set. Yeah, we talked about on the Chick Quickie. Sometimes these figures are like you know the the sum is greater than the parts. So this is definitely this definitely falls into that category. And last but not least, last all about the boom. Certainly not least, we got Adam Cole, Bebe. Um, the the figure looks good. I just think it's just it's. I think it's bullshit that they didn't give him a soft goods jacket because they gave him the Bebe hands, dude. But you can't even pose him. You can't even pose him with the freaking hands I'm, up. In I'm going to see dude. if this jacket works on an elite. That I think I I don't think it's going to because the proportions are off enough, but. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of bummed because I feel like we're still yet to get a great Adam Cole figure. I don't know. What, what were you guys' favorite? Like, Jordan, what was your favorite WWE release for Adam Cole? Um, I still like the three-pack with all three Undisputed Era guys in it. Huh. The, the epic moments. Is that epic what that moments. Yeah. Epic yeah. How about you, Mark? You got a favorite? Uh, you got a favorite Adam Cole elite? Yeah, I like the uh, the the fan takeover, the Amazon exclusive one. I think that was actually a really good uh, figure. If you guys have that handy, definitely take it. Yeah, look at it. I, I hated that, it. that they always use those big ass bulky knee pads for him. Like yeah. I don't know, mm-hmm. Mattel like still to this day, even though like they're absolutely on fire with their figures so far. I feel like they've never figured out a good way to do like the guys that wear the knee sleeves. They always give them those gigantic knee pads that like just they look bad and it limits the articulation of yeah. the figure. And that was how Adam Cole had on all his figures. So does it? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll get a Supreme down the line. This one, like, if you've seen the pictures online, we haven't opened ours up yet, but like. 
The arms are really long. He's kind of got a giraffe neck thing going on. Like it only <laughs> looks good with the jacket on, but you can't do any posing. You know, we've gotten so spoiled from the Supreme line and the ultimate edition yeah. style jackets that, uh, yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know. It's kind of, oh, and even like in the elite line, they're starting to put articulated jackets in the elite line. We saw yeah. it with, uh, Kyrie Sane and with, with edge. Yeah. If you want to do like a molded, like centerpiece, like a vest and then just give us like, like suited arms. I mean, I know that's like a bigger expense. Like you're then, you know, swappable, like as arms, far as, and stuff, yeah, yeah. swappable yeah. arms would be just so much better. You yeah. Know? But I mean, I just give so. us a soft jacket. This is, this jacket is simple enough. Like it doesn't have, AEW like, hates soft goods, man. Yeah. It's ridiculous. They've only done soft goods on like the exclusive figures. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the face on this is really good. I, I prefer the elite 92 face or 92 or 94. Uh, what, what, I forget, whatever. dude. The yeah. elite line start running. I think it was ninety two. Yeah, ninety two. Uh, I I really like that face scan. Um, but this one, this one's pretty good. All right, Jordan. I'm gonna let you kick off the discussion on this one. I know you got some thoughts. We talked at length on Friday when this was revealed. Ringside collectibles and Mattel creations exclusive Ultimate Edition Monday Night Raw Attitude Era ring with the new Ultimate Edition cane. Uh, Jordan, just kind of give us your overall thoughts on this release and what this means for the future of the uh, the Ultimate Edition line. I hate this. First of all, just because I have to buy a <laughs> I have to buy a ring to get an Ultimate Edition. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You can split yeah. these off and still sell them both. Like. Dude, how many goddamn rings do I need? I got fucking 12 AEW rings. I got rings are broken. Like, dude, I don't need all these damn rings. It doesn't, it's not even about the the space, like the additional cost to buy the ring to get the freaking figure, dude. Seth had a really good idea. Oh, I don't know if this was your you were Seth knocking this idea around about them giving exclusive access to people yeah. who pre-ordered yeah, the Mattel I said, creations. Yeah, they already have all our email addresses on file. Maybe it's just like a nod of like good faith with your most hardcore customers. Um, like offer just the people that back the new gen ring a uh, conversion kit. You know what I mean? Let us yeah. let us spend fifty five bucks to get a conversion kit with the new posts, ropes, and ring aprons, and uh, and that cane figure. But I don't know. I mean, money talks. Okay. So let's get into and my real I, I beef. Think they know that. Let, let's get into my real What's beef up? now. Let, let, let's move past yeah, let's the, the ring. Let's get into my real beef. I know what it's going to be. The ultimate edition does not have a fucking window. Like, dude, we, we talked about this two weeks ago. This oh, is, yeah. is going to be a problem for me. Um, action figure <laughs> attack said online on the forums that this is a one-off. Like this is not going to happen. I don't buy it. Hold on. Buy it. Seth it's brought happened. up a good point. He did say that's exactly what someone would say if there was a bunch of backlash. Yeah. I, even if this is not a one-off and they do another line like this, I feel like it ain't going to last very long because people are going to get pissed. And because I know you guys make fun of me for being MOC, but there is a ton of people that collect MOC. And right. I don't think, yeah, I, I think it's fine. To collect. And there, there's going to be so many people that stop collecting period. If, if the windows are gone, I mean, I hate it. I hate the windowless figures. Right. I think it's, I, I think it's the most but, stupidest thing. And I've said it on here before. Like I hate, I hate plastic dude. waste too, but I also hate like the fact that you can't it's part even of the game. The Plastic's part of the action but figure you, game. But yeah. to me, like I feel I am, I feel very, very strongly that this is their way of easing people into it and making it acceptable to get a windowless box for an ultimate edition, oh, yeah. man. I 100%. think this is, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, 
because they could go back, you know, when everybody's like telling action figure attack, like, oh, you lied to us. You can be like, well, you know, consumer feedback was very positive for these. What's, and, the, yeah. what's the benefit? I don't understand the benefit. Because it's less of- plastic. They're getting all this pressure from the environmentalists and stuff to use less plastic yeah. on action figures. I mean, there is a lot of plastic waste, dude. Like if you ever do it, like I'm looking at this stack of figures we got to unbox. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a great problem to have. I'm not complaining. I'm very fortunate that we're in a spot where we can, you know, get a ton of action figures. But it's a shitload of plastic. Okay, that well, goes let to me waste. let me just let you guys in on a little bit of something. Oh boy, here we go. I I too I've been a person who has been. I mean, I've lived a pretty sustainable lifestyle for the most part. Like, I make a lot of changes in my life to like reduce plastic waste and recycle and all the things that you know <clears throat> that you should do to to you know be a be a better steward for the planet. However. The, the cardboard that is used in these boxes isn't even one. It's not even recyclable. Like recycling is all BS anyway, but that's a conversation for another day. But that you cannot like there's a plastic lining on these like there's a shiny film on this. So it's not even like actual cardboard. So they're still using like some sort of like plastic in this. You know what I mean? Like there's like a. A, a sheen to it so it's th- not just straight up cardboard i think you know? some of the so the stuff that hasbro is rolling out though the windowless so not only is it like windowless packaging it's also like cheaper looking packaging it's that like dry straight up like paper cardboard so mm-hmm. i think i i do you know i'll give the companies like you know they are being you know they truly are trying to be environmental or whatever with that or at least trying to do it for business purposes you know um but yeah, it just kills the collector value because you literally are just paying for a box at that point. Well, if you're talk- never going to be able to see the yeah, figure. Yeah, we've talked about it before, though. They could they could actually reduce more waste if they gave people the option to buy the figures loose. So the people who want them in the that. box... Let me spend buy- five bucks less or four bucks exactly. less, whatever it is. The people who want to buy them out of the box, like they can buy them and there's no packaging. You could get a packageless option, right? So then you're saving even more packaging. But like, it, it doesn't make sense to me to have... And I mean, I guess it doesn't fix the problem. You're actually creating more cardboard but like NECA how they have if you want to have like a solid window at least have it where you can open it up and you know yeah see yeah I don't know I don't know man I I hope I'm wrong for all the MOC collectors out there because regardless whether you're you know they're the more collectors in the game that's going to drive the companies to keep producing these awesome figures for us and there are going to be a lot of people like Jordan said that tap out if um if they go all cardboard on this line so what if you what if you get a figure and it's a figure swap like that happens all the time. In <laughs> you never know though if you're MOC. What if you're not? What if you're a loose collector and oh, you're yeah. gonna like take it back to the store and be like, oh, this isn't the figure. Like it's just a pain in the ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. I yeah. just I, I hate it. I think it's nope. a terrible, terrible. Don't idea. fuck. I will up. say this. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I'm kind of annoyed by this release for the reasons that you guys have listed so far, the more I look at that figure, I think it's must have, man. I'm really falling in love with that with that cane figure, and it is a very very, very cool uh, addition to the collection. Yeah. You I mean, can also dude, get the Mattel creation figures on there too as well. So you can be a, a completionist essentially if you if you need to get the uh, the, the diesel and the doink. Um, and I believe the Macho Man's up there too as well on ringside. So Yeah, ringside is listing all the stuff from the new gen project yeah, too. I wonder how many they actually bought. I mean, yeah. I, got, yeah. I got some beef with that too. Me and Seth talked about that like – the limited portion of this is starting to get less and less limited. Like if ringside's just going to buy, this is not a rip on ringside. This is just the way the figure game is right now. If they're going to buy 2000 of these and put them up for sale, like how limited are they really? I mean, it's, I don't know. It's yeah, ringside, 
Yeah, they kind of set the market on it because those Macho Man, before that went up, those Macho Man Ultimate Editions were going for like 200 plus and now kind of 120, 125 is the going rate on that Ultimate yeah. Edition Macho from the uh, the new gen set. Uh, do you guys get any other rings that you would like to see them do? Let, let, let's get over our angst on this thing and let's just go back to uh, being excited about figures and figure collecting. Is there any other rings and you know possible Ultimate Edition you guys would be interested in? None of you. Sheena's guys, shaking her head. No. None of you guys bring up a goddamn ring because they're going to do another ultimate edition with a ring. They listen. They did. I mean, they. they I think we're yeah. getting. I think we're getting WCW. I, I could see two things. I could see us getting a WCW ring. Yep. With I, I don't know what figure you throw in with that. Um, but I'm thinking like an early '90s WCW ring with like the crosshairs type logo, like the yellow ropes and stuff. Hit. Or more likely, what I see is a like 2005 SmackDown ring with the blue ropes and the silver posts. And we get our first Ultimate Edition Kurt Angle. You know, he's back under a Legends deal. Yeah. That's how I'm thinking we get our first Kurt Angle with a SmackDown ring. Uh, I'm thinking if you do a WCW ring, obviously there's no Sting, which he's kind of like synonymous with WCW. Uh, they do they they are back in good graces with Ric Flair. Um, so you could definitely add a like another like a Ric Flair Ultimate Edition to a WCW crosshairs. That'd be an easy one logo. to do. I could, yeah, I could totally see that. Uh, we could get Ultimate Edition Vader also. He, yeah. He's got the new Royal Rumble figure do, coming out. Yeah, so don't fret on the uh, WCW. I would like to see, just something to, to jump to a newer, it would probably be way more expensive, but uh, do like the newer rings with the uh, like the light-up posts and all that shit. Like Do like the, the LED posts with the LED skirts or mm-hmm. the two sides of it. That'd be pretty cool. Like I said, it'd probably be super expensive, but that'd be pretty awesome to have, I think. If anything, I know Jordan's yeah, hating sure. our guts right now because they're probably going to make a, a, a <laughs> new uh, a modern era ring with the light up post. <laughs> Jordan, there's no ring that you would want, man. I am. Uh, I'm just offended that you guys keep bringing this up. Oh, okay. man, Th- there is there is one ring I would want and they could do all the figures with it and I'd be perfectly fine with it. Give me the Chamber of Horrors ring. <laughs> oh man, yes. With a full set of Duel of the Butcher, the Steiner, oh, Steve, yeah. Cactus Jack. He needs to have the little switch in the corner where the thing doesn't stay up, you know? Yeah, and then you could uh you could uh get a little thing where you could just set the little corner on fire, you know? Oh, we're getting a little carried away there, Sheen. Maybe we're not going to start playing with fire now. Now we're going to have everybody coming at us for our figs. Like PETA comes at everyone for their meat. We don't need everybody coming at us for our action figures. <laughs> All right, let's hear from uh, Extra Cooler, and then we will keep spooky season going with Tranquilo and Chill. Hey, everyone. It's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. All 
All right, it's so nice we had to uh, play it twice, and I got a funny feeling we're going to be hearing that music uh, in the very near future once again. But it's time for Tranquilo and Chill, where we give you guys a recommendation for something outside the ring, for some entertainment options. And again, it's our first episode in October, so we're going to kick this off with some scary movie talk. Sheena, you are the uh, the scream queen, so mm-hmm. start us off. Give the listeners a scary movie recommendation. So I'm going to give you a combo platter. Um, and the the movie probably won't come as a surprise. Most of you have probably already seen the movie, but you got to kick off your spooky season by watching the original Halloween. Um, it's just such a classic. I think we've become so desensitized to like, you know, the, the torture porn and the gore and all the things that we're so used to in modern day horror, um, or like, you know, super supernatural stuff. Whereas like Halloween just hits all the right notes, you know, it's just like this overwhelming sense of dread throughout the whole movie. Uh, it's just, it's so good, but I want to you to pair it with the ringer. Um, I think I've, I've recommended this before, but it is one of my favorite series that they've done. They did a Halloween unmasked series on the ringer podcast where they go deep dive into all of the Halloween movies and they talk to, you know, John Carpenter's whole background. Yeah, they do all of it. And it's just, it's, it's a really, really cool series. And they even go into the new, uh, the new Halloween movies with Danny McBride and all that kind of stuff. So definitely check it out. It's on the ringer. It's called Halloween unmasked and, uh, get your Halloween fix and watch the classic. And we got the conclusion of the, the most recent, uh, Halloween movies, Halloween ends coming up on Peacock. So I'm sure, you know, 99% of our listeners are already subscribed to it. So it's going to be, I think October 14th at debuts, which I've been pretty happy with the last couple movies they've done. Oh, yeah. I I like it. Mm -hmm. All right. um, Jordan, you're up next. So this is my personal favorite Halloween movie. Uh, We probably watch it three times every October. I'm going to go with Trick or Treat. Um, Yes. yes, It was either my Halloween or Trick or Treat. I'm glad you said Trick or Treat. Jordan stole mine. So, yeah, cosign 100%. So this movie for the first time ever is going to be in theaters this month. Like there are certain theaters that are showing it. It has never been played in theaters. So check your local theaters. And if you've never seen this movie, definitely go see it in the theaters. That might be worth getting a babysitter for, Shane. I know. Checking it out. We've watched that so many times. That's, I mean, that's like our that and the OG Halloween are like our yearly scary movies you have to watch. Yeah, it's on I, the list. I texted year. Sheena the day I found out that it was uh, mm-hmm. coming to theaters, and she's like, "No way." I know. I was like, "Where did you see that?" It's a shame it didn't go to theaters originally. I, mean, I, I, I think they kind of made it better, though. I think. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit of more of a definitely a cult movie, and yeah, I, I always like the anthology movies, especially for yeah. like scary movies. They really work. It's got the right amount of like campiness with the with the scariness with the gore. Like it's all so so well balanced. I just and the other thing is just so the awesome. aesthetics of that movie, man. Oh, it's perfect. Just dude. looks perfect. Like whoever the cinematographer was for that, and like who did the set design, like it was outstanding. Yeah, like I want to live in a Halloween neighborhood like that. Like. Just that, I, I, that's what have been one of my dreams since I was a kid. You know, the same kind of Halloween neighborhood that you see in Hocus Pocus and, you know, Trick or Treat. Just like everybody's got jack-o'-lanterns on their porch. There's fall leaves everywhere. Like, yeah. it's just the perfect vibe. Uh, Marco, what's your pick? Mm, I'm going to go with, uh, you got to go with an old favorite. Not really an old favorite, but the, obviously there's tons of movies you can go with. But uh, I think House of, House of a Thousand Corpses is a good movie. 
Just Ooh, caught your eye. Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah. You're, yeah, you're definitely hitting on one of mine and Jordan's favorites, too. Yeah, it's and that, uh, that get, give a shout out to the uh, our Pod Foundation Brothers Turnbuckle Tavern. Their broken VCR episode this week is all about House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. How did I miss that? Yeah. yeah. It just dropped, yeah. Uh, I think, today, maybe. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to go watch yeah. that. It, it, is, it is based around Halloween as well. So it's not like it's like out of, it's not just a horror movie. The whole theme of it yeah. is, is Halloween based. So definitely watch it. Um, if you haven't already, who hasn't seen House of a Thousand Corpses, um, love that movie. Actually, yeah, it's so good. I was actually reading. There's a uh, there's a rumor that I think the director of Trick or Treat said they're heavily involved in getting ready to drop a sequel to Trick or Treat. Uh, I'm not sure if it's, it's been be, in development for yeah. a little while. Yeah, it's actually kicking it around. Yeah, it came back out again. I guess it, I guess it's really it's possibly going to happen. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be like a you know like a streaming type of deal or back in or in theaters or something like that, but yeah, it's pretty exciting that they're going to you know drop a sequel to it. Man, I yeah, just... I think uh, you guys kind of ran down probably my top three favorite scary movies of all time, so I don't really have anything I can add to that. Yeah, uh, I, I'll try to spark a little bit of discussion though. Have you guys watched Hocus Pocus two yet? That's definitely been one of the most anticipated sequels for for '90s kids like us for a long time. I, uh, I have did not. you guys watch that yet? I have not. We went to a party last Friday night. They had a hocus pocus party. I didn't watch the movie. I got drunk in the garage, but <laughs> so, <laughs> hell yeah, uh, so, Sheena. So you're you're it. Give us the uh, the official Chick Foley oh, show no. review of Hocus Pocus too. So you know, I I love hocus pocus, and it's so funny because Seth um, the other day just said, you know, he's like Sheena. He's like, does it just chap your ass that like all of the basics have like turned hocus pocus into like a character trait for themselves? You know, he's like, you're you're a hocus pocus. OG, you know, you've been, you were a fan before it became like be cool to be a fan. Um, and, uh, man, it just, first of all, the witches just, they just look old. You know what I mean? They they looked old in the first ones and it's just, it just, man, it really is distracting how, um, you know, woman on woman hate on here. I don't really like Bette Midler anyway. I think she's kind of a just trash, but uh, <laughs> wow, God. whoa, God I gonna say, yeah, it's fun, fun for the whole family. Let's get it moving to the next segment. All right, let's go, dude. Let's dig in on fucking hocus pocus, too, man. We're shooting the hell, this cowgirl shooting tonight. God damn, pal. I'm coming to it from a very uh, like a, an adult that watched it in the 90s you know what i'm coming to what's the what's the freaking podcast you don't you don't gotta you don't gotta frame your thoughts just tell us how you feel speak you, on it let them know yeah. so if you're like if you're a little kid like my my kids love the hocus pocus movie they really enjoyed hocus pocus too it's the same characters they they enjoyed the the familiarity and you know they hit on all the you know nostalgia points and kind of like tied things back in i feel like they did a little bit too much of that and they made the witches like super corny and campy and too singy and songy. And, you know, for me personally, it started okay. But then it just, as the movie progressed, I was just like, okay, like this is not, this is not yeah. for me. It didn't, it didn't recapture the magic. It's all yeah, about how you dangerous. finish. Well, did you, <laughs> yeah, did you, uh, I, I thought that was going to be like, I thought I was throwing it out. It was going to be like 20 seconds of like, yeah, it's fun. Good movie, dude. Sheena laid it down. Yeah, so. no, I mean, <laughs> That's what I've heard too. So like I bump, my wife is a huge Huge fan of Hocus Pocus, and I actually bought her the the like the book that was like a sequel to it to the movie, and it actually it has all the original characters in it. They're older, like they're like they're adults now, and all this stuff. So it, it was kind of weird that they just did a sequel without that whole storyline. They should just copied the book that they that they released. Yeah, I, I just think the- when you try to when you try to just capture something. 
um, 30 years later, it's just not going to be the same. I mean, like the, the level of like technology and stuff in the movie, like it's like a modern movie. Like it just didn't, it just didn't work, you know? Cause that was the cool thing about the original is like in the nineties, no cell phones, none of that jazz. It was yeah. just a lot, a lot of movies from the nineties that would not work nowadays just yeah. based off the technological advances we have. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's hear from J bone coming down the aisle and then we will get into listener mail. you want to feel the war of the crown, then strap on those spandex undies and listen to the Coming Down the Aisle podcast hosted by me, J-Bone. Each week, I have a guest ranging from wrestlers, podcasters, and even some family members. The guests pick the match, and we talk about it along with their fandom. Also, each week, I provide my analysis in the wide world of wrestling and some figure talk. So get on, eat up, and subscribe to the Coming Down the Aisle podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts today. Ooh, yeah, dig it. All right, I don't know if we got 21 questions, but uh, we do got a supersized mailbag this week because me and Sheena were originally going to do a, uh, a Chicks Quickie last night and the kids just didn't cooperate with bedtime and, you know, we had extremals coming up, so we decided to just get the whole gang together for a show tonight. So, Sheena, hit us with this week's batch of listener mail. All right, one of our OG fan members, Sam Rosenthal, says, do you think all these additional... Current line- Foley Picks League champ. Current Foley Picks League Champ Sam Rosenthal. That's how I'll introduce him from now on. Uh, do you think all these additional lines can sustain success or even make profits? Uh, so many lines, new figures coming out, but people have only so much to spend. So I think Chella's doing good because they were kind of the first ones to jump in on the uh, the like kind of the new wave excitement for for retros. Zombie Sailor's doing good because he already had a thriving toy business. Um, selling old stuff he found from the 90s, and his figures are definitely the best of these. The rest of these companies, I don't know, man. There's a lot of other kind of C-level companies that are trying to get in the mix right now. Um, I think like CMW is one of them, like Rush Collectibles, which, you know, hats off to them. They're doing more than I'm doing in the figure space, obviously, but I've just not been a fan of what they've been putting out so far. Um, I don't know how successful they're going to be. And then Power Town's the new one. Um, You know, we're the hardest probably the hardest of the hardcore figure collectors and Marco and Jordan both said that they're not even supporting it. So that really makes me question um, what their kind of future prospects are looking like business wise. So I'm a fan of it. The more figures, the better, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of companies right now that I think are probably going to end up losing money um, because they're kind of, they're trying to ride the COVID wave, right? Like during the pandemic, you know, people were really getting into collectibles, but now we followed it up with a recession and people are kind of yeah. getting out of the kind of just frivolous spending we were doing. So I don't know, man, I think a lot of these companies are going to end up uh, losing some money. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, it's just, it, it, I don't know, man, it just for me personally, especially being a men on card collector, it just, it gets to be so much stuff that I just, I, I at some point I have to draw a line of what I'm collecting yet. Yeah, they're all really cool and stuff, but I just feel like a lot of people are going to be just like me and just have to draw the line somewhere. And so many people collect elites and ultimate editions and AEW figures. I just, I feel like your collection can only hold so much. I mean, obviously Seth's going to collect all these until the, the paint runs dry and the resin's <laughs> done. But <laughs> that's, I mean, that, that's just who Seth is. He's a completionist. He, he loves having one. I of did every pass. Figure. I passed on rush and I passed on the CMW figures. 
Okay, so I mean, if if you're passing on figures, that's a bad sign for people. Like, yeah, it, I especially don't know, because dude. they have some people that uh, you know have never gotten figures before and stuff. Marco, what are what are you collecting outside of, J- of Jazzwares and Mattel, Marco? Um, not that much. I mean, mainly like Super Seven when they drop something. Uh, yeah, Super Seven's cool. Uh, like they just released. If you got five uh, years to wait for it. Yeah, that's true. You, you dabble in cello, right? I think I think we both got a uh, order. I think we're on a combo uh, order for the Al Snow figures yeah, from uh, from yeah, cello that definitely. Phil D's going to send over to us from the UK. Yep, and I have the. Um, I actually got the Atom Bomb too, which I totally forgot I uh, pre-ordered. But yeah, I have the Atom Bomb from uh, Cello Toys. Um, yeah, like like I said, mainly Super Seven. If they drop something like they have that, uh, they just released on their. IG page, they're coming out with an ultimate edition um, uh, ODB. If you're familiar with, uh, I saw Wu-Tang that. Clan. Uh, that that see, I would buy something like that because I grew up on uh, on Wu Tang Clan, and that that figure is actually pretty cool. It has a soft goods jacket, uh, different heads, different hands, all that stuff. So what you would see in a uh, Super Seven Ultimate, that's what you're getting in the, uh, the 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 ODB figure. So like stuff like that. I mean. I've been, you know, trying to, you know, put my focus on like those like niche type of figures and stuff like that. Like, like Jordan said, you definitely have to kind of, you know, you know, draw the line somewhere. Like you got to like, you know, take it like assess your collection and say, hey, do I need this? Um, like, like, like you said, we passed on the Power Town. A lot of the AEW figures that have come out, I passed on too. Like the newer, um, like unmatched and and um, unrivaled stuff. So just being very picky and choosy on what on uh, what I add to my collection nowadays so but if it's cody he's definitely getting purchased i mean that's that's not a pass if it's warrior cody it's it's in the collection that's not gonna oh, that's yeah. not gonna change warrior gets no whatsoever. <laughs> all right brian topley i think he meant to send this question into the extra cooler show because um it, it's mlb related so i want to i want to hear you guys thoughts uh Sweet. i know everyone's high on the start of nfl season lately but i need to know who everyone is betting on in the mlb playoffs favorites underdogs Something crazy you think is going to happen? So I couldn't even tell you who's in the Major League Baseball playoffs, but I do want to sound off on something that has really just kind of grinded my gears as a, a lifelong sports fan the last couple of weeks. Dude, why are we making such a gigantic deal about Aaron Judge hitting 62 home runs, man? Like, why are we acting like oh, Sammy boy, you're Sosa? You're going to trigger their extra cooler. Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds didn't fucking smash that, right? Like, everybody's yeah. going nuts because he hit home run number 62. Like, congrats, dude. You're still 11 home runs behind Barry Bonds' all-time record, man. Like, I just – I get it. That was a steroid era. But at the end of the day, like, I'm sure the pitchers they were going against were using the shit, too. Um, we don't we don't discount the steroid era in uh, wrestling, dude. We still yeah. – all, all the championships still count. Exactly. exactly. You got to assume everybody was still <laughs> playing with the, on the same level playing field at that time. And Barry Bonds never failed a drug test also. So, um I uh I I don't get like the, the you know they were doing cut-ins during his uh yeah you know at his at bats during football games and shit and just acting so dramatic about it man like 62 is cool right it's the American League record it's cool that he did it as a Yankee he broke Roger Maris's record which was awesome like hats off to him but I don't like how they're just trying to go straight men in black style and like erase all our memories like you know <laughs> 98 99 and 2000 never happened so um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Jordan, you're probably the biggest baseball fan that I'm like close with, man. Like what, what, what's your take on this whole Aaron judge thing? So I, I get what they're trying I mean, to am do. Am I crazy? No, they, no, no, they, no, yeah, no. They're, they're trying to erase history, right? You're, you're not crazy at all. So like, this is the thing is 
baseball purists always have to have like the last laugh. Like same reason why in the Hall of Fame nobody gets to be a unanimous pick. Like even though there's been numerous people that should have been, just baseball purists always want to have like the last say. That's why they're doing this. Um, no, you're not crazy at all. It's the most annoying fucking thing ever that they're they're continuing to do this and. I hate it and just every part of me, because I love baseball, man. I always have since I was a kid. And yeah, dude, the fact that they're just trying to gloss this over, I mean, Sosa and McGuire, their their home run chase that summer saved baseball. I, I will always dude, believe that. that. So yeah, I've, I've never been a baseball fan in my entire life, and I remember that. I remember oh, yeah. watching baseball with my parents when that was going dude, on. I, it was my eighth grade year. We would race home from football practice. My parents would pick me up from football practice after school, and we would race home to watch the Cubs or Cardinals, whoever was playing that night, to see what was going to happen next in that home run chase, man. Like, it's the most fun baseball has ever been to me. So, Jordan, it, is it, it, it does. It, it pisses me off that they're trying to make it. I, I get what they're doing. I, I know why they're doing it. Um, they, they just – it's just a baseball purist thing. But, yeah, dude, nobody's ever topping Barry Bonds. It's just not going to happen. Like, Jordan, is there Marco, any – what were you going to ask? Yeah, is there – like, Jordan, is there anyone, like uh, – like, the – the reason why everyone loved that Sosa McGuire thing was because it was like a race happening. Is there anything? Is is there anyone like close to him in, no, this, so, in this home run race, or is he so, literally just by himself? That's what killed it too, is because you have to have someone that's going with you, that's pushing you. So yeah. the closest person was Kyle Schwarber from the Phillies, and he was sixteen behind. He hit forty six, so just completely killed it. There, there's yeah. no race at all. It's just I don't yeah. know. It just killed it. So I. You know, I, I identify as a baseball hater. I'm going to out myself, though, as somebody who does, you know, at least on the fringes, keep up with it, dude. I got a hot take. I don't think Aaron Judge is MVP this year, dude. I still think Shohei Atani should be the MVP, man. The shit he's doing is like create a player stuff on <laughs> on baseball games, dude. The fact that this dude's like a one of the best hitters in the league and also one of the best pitchers. So, you know, most so Sheen, you know, most time pitchers only pitch like once every five days and that's it. This yeah. dude, pitch, he's a starting pitcher. But then on his off days, he also like plays in the field as a hitter and stuff, and he's just like the, incredible, man. Like, what, what do you think, Jordan? Who do you think's better at a Judge or Otani? I got a hotter take Otani than that. The oxygenated blood. I, I think as long as Otani doesn't get injured, he should win the MVP every season because of what he's doing. Like, the, yeah, this is crazy. this is not going to happen again. This dude is a a Cy Young candidate at pitcher because he's so good. I mean, he started the All Star game at pitcher. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. Like what he does is insane. And I know that's going to offend some people. I, it is what it is. It's just I think Otani is unreal. Not not taking anything away from Judge. He had an incredible season. I hate the Yankees. It's a known fact. I mean. Anybody who's a sports fan hates the Yankees. It's it's like hating the Patriots. Like it's just a a fun thing to do. So yeah, I mean he had a great season, but I, I'm with you. I think Otani should win it every year as long as he's healthy. Do you guys remember that Brendan Fraser movie from the '90s, The Scout? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's what Shohei Otani is, dude. Like they literally like made a movie about this because it was so unbelievable, and that's what this guy is, man. Like it's. <laughs> This guy's crazy. Well, stay tuned to the Pod Foundation thread. Um, Nick, Matt, Jordan, and Seth are going to start their MLB spinoff. It's going to be part of of the Pod Foundation. Uh, And we didn't even answer poor Brian's question. Jordan, since you're the baseball aficionado, who's the favorite? Who's your favorite? Who you rooting for? So, as much as I would love to see a Subway series uh, for the title, I really think we're going to end up with either Yankees, Astros versus uh, the Dodgers. Just, I I just got a feeling that's what we're headed towards. 
as far as dark horses, I would love to see the Mariners do something. Uh, first time in the playoffs in 21 years, I, I really want to see them do something. All right, and there is your MLB wrap up for the for the week. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody that tuned in to the start of the show that heard Rebel Heart keying up thought we were going to go, you know, four or five mm-hmm. minutes on baseball. Uh, but the people, here we are. the people that are still here, an hour and twenty six minutes into the show, there are hardcores. I think they would oh, listen yeah. to us talk about whatever. So thank thank you guys for being here. We we love you, Mucho. Um, current Picks League champion Sam Rosenthal has another one for us. What do you think? About the what do you think the future of ROH is? My question would be if uh, if you cannot get a TV deal for them, why not just do live shows or at least a standalone YouTube show? So there was some news that uh, was dropping today that a TV deal is in the works. So it sounds like a TV deal is imminent. Which this would be question cool. came in yesterday. By the way. Yeah, let the uh, let the ROH guys do their own thing because I'm a fan. I, I like it, and I, I I always like the ROH vibe. And AEW's definitely got enough of a roster where you kind of spin that off and have two different brands. Um, let's say you know that doesn't come to fruition you already got a pretty solid youtube following just change either aw dark or dark elevation to roh and wrestling fans will find it we saw that with nwa power good having youtube yep yeah we did 100 percent. like if you have a quality product which they could definitely do with roh um wrestling fans will find it so they definitely need something though because just them kind of clogging up the AEW tv time oh, is not working yeah, it's not working um so they need to do something to spin it off I'm, I'm a fan of it i want them to keep roh going but i don't want them spending time on dynamite rampage on ring of honor shit mm. all right our good buddy zach hertzler says not wrestling related but is bowling a sport i say yes it is because while um i can drink while bowling and i'm pretty i'm pretty okay at it in my opinion marco is bowling a sport uh, i'm gonna say yes there is a uh, a ball involved with it so yes i'm gonna say <laughs> well, bowling in, ball. In, in that case Seth was, <laughs> Seth was shows a sport. Sport. yeah chick foley shows a sport <laughs> oh yeah i know exactly that's what that's what i was getting to <laughs> we had we had two uh, <laughs> sheena was watching it live in living color yeah, i was a spectator i was a front row spectator to uh, the, the chick foley sport show I'd put your nascar cage up in front of you <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I agree. I think bowling is a sport. If you've ever bowled in your life, you you know how freaking difficult it is just yep. to like, you know, be be actually good at it. So uh, I think bowling is a sport. Yeah, coordination, timing, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. I'm good at everything when I drink. Just so we're clear, bowling, golf. Oh yeah, you act name like it. act like you act like you don't got the bumpers up, Jordan. I didn't say I didn't. <laughs> I just said I'm good at it when I drink. <laughs> all right, and Zach follows up with. Here's where we're going to talk about pumpkin beers. Pumpkin beers, yes or no? If so, what is your favorite? I will take like a spicy pumpkin beer. Like it could be like a pumpkin beer like base, but I need like some cinnamon and some nutmeg mixed in some there warm, and stuff. Yeah, some yeah. I, I can't stand just like pure like. Typically, it's a wheat beer, and they just throw a bunch of pumpkin flavor in there. I'm not a fan of that, but I'll take like a nice spicy fall beer with some pumpkin notes in it. Yeah, if it's too sweet, it's not for me. Too sweet, it is not for me. Um, I, I like, like you said, the warming spices. Um, I even like it on like a you know like a heavier beer, like a, a stout or like what's the other one? What's the other heavy type of beer? Um, you got your stouts and porters. Porter. Yeah, porters. Yeah, porters. Yeah, like you know, like something like that, where it's like you know, got those warming spices. I'm here for that. But I really like, like that. The super sweet ones. I, I don't really love that. Those. O'Connor. They did the children of the corn beer last yeah, year. Remember that yeah. one? That one was good because it actually had like a little bit of salt in there too. Man, it was just yeah. so. I can't stand just straight up like pumpkin beer, but I'll take like 
pumpkin mixed with some other stuff. How's the one you're drinking tonight, Jordan? It's actually what, very what good. What kind of uh, so, vibe is it? So, like, uh, there's a... Um, a liquor store that's by my work and I, I stop in there a couple times a week and this guy always every time they get Halloween beers and he always sets me some aside and gives them to me and lets me try them so he can uh tell the customers whether they're good or not this one's really good <laughs> very 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 good um I'm with Seth though dude I like uh there was a pumpkin beer last year that I had I can't find it this year but it was a pumpkin beer and it had um a hint of jalapeno in it it was phenomenal, Ooh. but I can't find yeah. it this year because I was going to try to get it because I remember I we were recording a podcast and I told you guys about it and I couldn't find it again. So I looked for it again this year to see if I could get everybody some, but no dice. Yeah, because pumpkin, pumpkin is really good in savory dishes and stuff like that. Pumpkin is good savory, but I think sometimes it just the hype of pumpkin spice and all of that really kind of took over. And there's so many crappy pumpkin products out there and pumpkin beers out there that it just kind of overshadows. Cause you know, there's some really good gyms out there and some really good breweries making delicious pumpkin beer, but it's just, they, they get wiped off the map by all the, the shit out there, the pumpkin spice beers and ciders. And Trader stuff, so. Joe's apparently Overall. has a really good one, a really good pumpkin beer. I haven't had it, but apparently they have a good one. They have Trader Joe's has a cookie butter IPA and we weren't able to find that's it. It's only yet. around. They drop it like twice a year and I've never been able to get my hands on it. It's like 9% alcohol too. Yeah. Man. If anybody out there uh, happens the to speculos come across it. IPA. Yeah. Grab, if you come across grab me a it case. this uh, holiday season, make sure you grab us some. Um, we're pay- we're PayPal ready. So overall, yeah. Pumpkin beers are a yes for me if they're, if they're well done. Last question from our good buddy, Johnny JB. When you were a kid, which Halloween movie or character scared you the most? Child's play. It was Chucky for you. Hundred percent, dude. Like I said, I, uh, I I've talked about this a few times, man. Like the first Child's Play just scared the shit out of me. I feel like there was like it was about a two year period where if I heard any type of scurrying and or anything in the hallway once I was in bed <laughs> at night, I just it, I just knew like Chucky was coming to kill me, and that was it, man. Like looking back, I really got to you know I. I I feel like it was in my house that we lived in from like 91 to 93. I have distinct memories of being in the bunk beds that me and my brother had then and having this feeling. So I couldn't have been more, I couldn't have been more than like seven years old when I saw a child's play. And that one just really scared the shit out of me for the longest time. I never really, I don't think there was another movie that really like sparked any like active, like long-term fear in me other than the first child's play. So yeah, for me, it's hundred percent Chucky and uh, child's play. For me, it's Pet Cemetery. I talked about this when I went on Lumber Jillville. I did an interview with Lumber Jillville. Um, if you're not following, make sure you are following Aaron over at Lumber Jillville. Great stuff. Um, Pet Cemetery just scared me so badly because there was a the the mom on that show had a sister that died, and her name was Zelda. Has any of you seen Pet Cemetery, the original oh, Pet yes. Cemetery? Yep. Anyway, the the Zelda character on that movie scared me so much. She was absolutely terrifying and then also the part where uh gage the little boy cuts the achilles tendon of the the old neighbor like i just i that for some reason that like stuck in my mind and every time i stepped Chop off, that motherfucker down the side yeah every time i stepped off the bed as a child i was always like jumping way out like i'm not gonna let this dude cut my achilles so definitely pet cemetery was probably the the movie that stuck with me the most as a kid what about you jordan oh it's a hundred percent it like Pennywise scared the living oh, shit yeah. out of me when I was a kid. That sewer scene, I'm not shitting you. I avoided fucking sewers. Like 
like the plague. <laughs> I'd be like riding to the pool. And I'd Were be you like, going to seek out sewers no, otherwise? No, I'm dead <laughs> serious. Like I'd be riding to the pool and like if something like washed into the sewer, like I could see it like out of the it's corner. Gone. Of my just gone. Just oh gone. God. I'm out of there. Like I'm going right back home. Like scared shitless. And I'd tell my mom and she'd be like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, oh, nothing. She didn't know I watched it, but yeah, that yeah. movie fucked with me. And then that the, that the first time thing. I saw it, they were showing it. They showed it in segments on. I can't remember what channel it was when I was a kid. Well, it was uh, a miniseries, so it was on segments for everybody. It wasn't a movie; it was a miniseries. Oh yeah, so yeah, 90s. I guess that's why yeah, I was watching it on, it on, ABC. on ABC. Yeah, yep. and I was just like, you know, oh my god, like this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. Marco, what about you, man? What was uh, what scared you as a kid? Oh man, I'm gonna probably go with. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger, um, only because my cousin, yeah. I would sleep over his house and he, he, I don't know why he had a poster of uh freaking Freddy Krueger, like in his room, like right across from his bed. So you can like just, he had bunk beds. So I, I'd be laying up on the, on the top bunk, just staring eye to eye with a freaking <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Was, was it a ceiling oh, poster? No, it was like, it was basically like, yeah. like, you lay on your side and you're looking at the wall and right directly as you're looking at, like, he had his, like, his door, you walk into his room, right next to his door was a Freddy Krueger poster of him, like, with his, you know, his claw up, just kind of like looking over his shoulder, that, uh, that type of deal. Yeah. And you'd see that oh, before yeah. you go to sleep. Like, what the hell? Oh, I had, I, I'll have to send thing. you guys a picture of the, uh, the big, my cousin Jeremy got me this big Freddy Krueger light that lived in my room. It was still there when you started, yeah, when we started, when we started dating, dating, right? Yeah. So I had this big oh. Freddy Krueger light in my room. I'll have to send you a, a picture of, but yeah, the, the, the ceiling posters were a thing in the eighties and nineties. Oh, why so, was yeah, that, that a that, thing? Because you lay in your bed at night and you can just look up at the ceiling, yeah. you know, and see see your poster, see your dream girl, see uh, your favorite athlete. See Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger, apparently. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. Freddy Krueger was pretty terrifying because there's nowhere to go. Like, once you're asleep, you know, like, it, you, you got to go to sleep. So you're you're always vulnerable to, uh, yeah. to Freddy Krueger. So that's a good choice. The original was really, was really Oh, my scary. God. All right, guys. So thank you for listening. I want to remind you guys where you can find us on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. Make sure you check out all of our links to all of our partners and you know wherever you can find all of our goods at chickfoley.com. Follow all the Pod Foundation crew at Pod Foundation on Instagram. And then uh, join our Facebook group, dude. We have such an amazing, it's the best. yeah, we have such an amazing crew of people over there. Um, you can we're going to help you find figs. You're going to have a place to talk wrestling. Like my favorite thing is the pay per view live threads, and we got another one coming up Saturday night for Extreme Rules. Yeah, yeah. so go to chickfoley.com, find the information there, and um, yeah, leave us a leave us a review, subscribe to the show, and we love you guys. Use code Chick-fil-A to save 10% at Ringside Collectibles and use code PF10 to save 10% at Chalkline. And I am in the hot seat for the trivia question of the week. I'm going for two straight. Sheena Sheena previewed the card for Star. She said she thinks I got this. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm feeling a little shaky. Yeah. I'm, I'm about five beers deep. So hit it, Sheen. If you missed this one, dude, we're just canceling the show straight up. Um, oh, what oh are the first names of the Bushwhackers? Oh, Butch and Luke. How does yes. he oh, get wow. and, and, and I know. I, I know. Like, <laughs> Stop, Stop, puke at WrestleMania 5. 
That's literally <laughs> that's literally Too straight, baby. No, Jordan, Jordan, you know what you want to know something that's really funny, Jordan? The question you got about who was ringside at Mr. Who was the little person that was ringside at uh but Mr. T like was it little Haiti? Was that what the answer? Yeah, little Haiti. Yeah, dude. Sheena somehow drew that same card tonight. I drew that same card tonight. I would just put them in random order. And then we always choose the question at random and it chose that question again. I was like, holy shit, how did that even happen? All right, it is uh, Extreme Rules Week. We've ushered in spooky season. Sheena, leave us with some closing thoughts for this episode of the Chick Foley Show. Let's get extreme. <laughs>